Support for the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze comes from Big Y, world-class markets serving New England families since 1936, with more than 30 locations throughout Connecticut. Big Y is proud to support WNPR. If you like to eat, drink, and be merry, you're in the right place. Faith here with your welcome toast. It was Orson Welles who said, My doctor told me to stop having intimate dinner for four, unless there are three other people. Please feel free to consume this show podcast in one bite, two bites, or oops, I ate the whole thing. I'm Faith Middleton. It's great to have you listening to this special edition of the Food Schmooze. My treasured food buddy, Chris Prosperi of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, is here. And I call this a special edition, right, Chris, with an extra emphasis, with an extra meaning on that word, because I so enjoyed this book that I'm going to talk with you about. And I have found it so useful in my life. I have read it twice, and I'm now recommending it to you as you listen. If you're like me, and you love to eat and drink, and like Chris too, and sometimes pay a price for that calorie indulgence, I hope you will find this book as helpful as I have. It's called The Joy of Half a Cookie by Dr. Jean Cresteller, the foremost lecturer on using the mindful eating approach to increase pleasure while you eat and drink, and then use the same mindfulness approach to stop when you should. So you get to eat and drink everything without allowing those devilish brains of ours to cause us to overeat, overdrink, Dr. Christeller is noteworthy among mindfulness researchers and practitioners. She is Professor Emeritus of Psychology at Indiana State University and creator of the National Institute of Health-funded program known as Mindfulness-Based Eating Awareness Training. That's what she describes in this book. It's smart, practical, and I'll tell you just what I needed with spring around on the horizon. So in, in case you do too... We will send this book to your door with our thanks and hoping it's useful for you as it has been for us. And here's what you're going to hear about on this show, how to let go of the struggle and eliminate food and drink triggers, turn mindless eating into mindful eating, notice the thoughts that trip you up, get away from the food police, and let go of calorie anxiety. That sounds good. That's it. Those are all the things, aren't they? Yeah, Chris has has been away and uh, talking in a class about mindful Mm -hmm. eating, and so he's fresh and filled Mm -hmm. with the joy of that. Dr. Chris Teller, welcome to this special edition of the show. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be part of it. Well, let's start with this idea of I'm someone who eats very quickly. Uh, and Chris, Chris is raising his hand. Yeah. So um, I'm the speed eater. It seems to be a tradition in our entire family. Mm-hmm. And um, I really found nothing wrong with that. But reading your book made me understand that in a way it's, well, of course it's habit. But second of all, I think there's a part of me that was chasing the wonderfulness of the first few bites. Can you talk about that a little bit? So the first few bites of any food we eat are going to be the most intense, the most powerful, the most enjoyable, if, in fact, it's a food we like. And what happens is we then go on automatic. 
what we're doing often is we're tasting the memory of those first few bites. And we'll keep on eating as if we could get that charge back uh, by eating more. And it's simply impossible. Our taste buds, they saturate rather quickly. They habituate. And although certainly if you're really hungry and it's a complex food, you are going to enjoy it for longer. But often, in fact, this is the secret of the joy of half a cookie, that taste will wear off. And so you can tune into that and actually realize it doesn't have that same pull. And you can put it down. Actually, maybe leave it for later or leave it for tomorrow and enjoy those first Mm. little bits all over again, even more. Well, I love to eat and drink. I taste my food and my drink at a, a very high level. And so it is such a great experience for me. And so I just adore it. And I love sharing the joy of finding people who do it well with all of our listeners and all that stuff. But I will say that I can catch myself now from reading your book, which was so helpful to me, moving into that mindless zone. And um, I love this idea. You have made me pause so that I have, I didn't think I could enjoy my food more. (laughs) And you have caused me to do that. You've made me pause and really concentrate on the flavor in my mouth in an even more powerful way. Can you talk about that style of mindful eating? Oh, yes. That's that pause, that bringing yourself into the moment. That's what mindfulness is about. And, you know, we we do tend to still have associations with this being this exotic practice and you have to sit on a cushion for, you know, 40 minutes or every day to connect with that, well, we all have that capacity. Certainly cultivating it will bring it even sharper, but bringing your mind into the moment, pausing, letting go of, oh, that's what I call the chattering mind, your your to-do list, or the radio, or... (laughs) <laughs> playing in the background. Certainly I not hope, the radio. I hope, I hope people are actually, when they're mindfully listening to you, they, they are not at the same time. <laughs> I think they're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but pausing and, and tuning in to what your experience is. And if you're eating um, a wonderful food, it deserves that attention. Yeah, it does. It's like anything. It's like sitting with someone and really being present with that person and listening to what they say and, and, and this mutuality in that. It's the same thing with the food, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So so um, we're going to talk about triggers and um, this idea that you can have everything. The idea is with being mindful, there is a time when you realize, oh, I can stop. And that's what's so valuable about the the, um, mm-hmm. the lessons in your book. Um, so let me explain uh, to, to you and to Chris what happened. I read your book the first time, and then I ate, and I thought, oh, I'm going to. And so I found the pleasure was so increased. And then all of a sudden, my mind started wandering. <laughs> and I'm done with my meal, and I thought, oh. I'll be darned, I read this thing, and I missed half the meal. (laughs) So I picked your book back up again, and I read it again. And what that did for me was the next meal I had, I was really there. Mm. 
Uh, there was food left on my plate. I, di- I had any, anything I felt like having. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that's always amazed me when you eat mindfully is when you eat fast, it's all gone. I clean my plate. But when you do a slower eating and more mindful, there's always food left over. And it doesn't matter how hungry I am when I go in. Yeah, it, and it just jacked up the joy for me even yeah. more. I didn't think that was possible because I love my food so much. So um, this idea of letting go of calorie anxiety, uh, what about that, Jean? Well, it gets pounded into us, you know, eat this, not that, count your calories, pay attention to every bit. And a lot of the people I work with have been on more diets than they can count, and that's what they associate attending to calories about. And instead of just, and then when they're not on the diet, they are not paying attention to them at all. And what what I encourage people to do is, again, bring to it a different mindset, a mindset of curiosity, a mindset of self-acceptance, and a mindset of flexibility. There's actually been some interesting research done that has showed that people who don't have issues around the eating and weight, and they it's a part of a research study, so they've just asked them to write down everything they ate, and this was over like a month period. They varied as much as 50% from day to day, but they had an overall balance. And part of my concern with that really rigid, structured dieting approach is, yes, you will lose weight. You go from a couple of thousand calories or more than that down to 1,200. That's the number most people, you know, often associate with dieting. Of course you lose weight. But now you know how to eat 1,200. You know how to eat 2,500. You don't know how to be flexible in between. And that diet not only Hmm. has separated you from that internal experience, made you less flexible, but made you more anxious often about tuning in to what we mean by calories. Um, Just to add one more thing, it's often I I actually send people out to look at foods that may have fewer calories in those small portions than they expected they did but also to tune into the ones that may have more, like that little bag of trail mix you pick up in the supermarket and you go, this is a nice, healthy thing to eat, and you don't check out the back label that says it actually has three servings in it (laughs) of 150 each. (laughs) No longer a snack. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, I I have to say that um, when I read your book a second time, I realized something. I had missed um, the first, I missed the second half of my meal reading your book once. (laughs) And then, then the next meal after I read it a second time, I was better able to do it, and I thought, well, of course, this makes sense. This, this is a little bit like building a new habit, isn't it? Oh, yes, and it, it does take time, and I'm glad, again, you're bringing up great questions because I've had people say, you know, you're telling me that if I've got my favorite ice cream in the house, which I usually just gobble down, that I can, I can do that easily? Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe that might take a little while. Get it. Eat it when you're out, when you don't have that temptation, and you may gradually find that you can have 
this back in the house. I, I'll, I'll going back to the cookies example. Um, someone who was really struggling, she said, if if there's a plate of chocolate chip cookies in the kitchen, forget about it. <laughs> Finish it. <laughs> <laughs> a half a cookie, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But what she found is she could go down to her local bakery when maybe she wasn't that hungry but she wanted a treat she could get one cookie she could eat half of it and i ran into her several months later well good six months later and she said you know what somebody left some cookies at my house after a party and i forgot they were there that's huge that is, that is really, wow. We, we, uh, we actually have um, quite a number of boxes of Girl Scout cookies in this office at the moment. And, uh, Everyone's thinking they're only over there, right over there. Very, you don't want to leave us alone in here with these, so I, I guess. I get what's um, I get what's happening. Um, okay, so here, um, Dr. Christeller, please stay right where you are. Um, we're going to come back and continue our conversation with you. Chris Prosperi is with me, uh, and we're going to tell folks how to have this book sent to their doors in the hope that you find it as useful as I have in reading this now twice. The book is called "The Joy of Half a Cookie," and is it's about using the mindful technique to lose weight and jack up the pleasure of the food that is in your mouth right during the experience of having it. So uh, you get to have a little of everything with with this style. Uh, Here's our number, 1-800-584-2788. And I like the sounds of that, having whatever we want, a little of this, a little of that. So we're in an election year where every vote counts. So if you think of this as a type of election, your contribution is your vote. It says, yes, I like the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze Party, and yes, I want to keep it on the air. And you can do that at any amount that's comfortable for you. If you can make a contribution of $96, we'll be happy to send this book to you or someone you care about. It's our way of saying thank you. That's just $8 a month. $8 a month helps us continue to bring you this great program. It's more than recipes and recommendations. It's innovative, thought-provoking ideas in the world of food. And faith takes that to a whole other level. So you can cast your vote with your contribution to keep us and this program on the air for years to come. You can do that by going to WNPR.org, click on the red Donate button, or you can go to the phone and call 1-800-584-2788. Well said, Lori Mack, and thank you so much for your your kind words. Uh, We would like to uh, invite you to call in and and, uh, become a supporting member of what you listen to on WNPR. There are so many great local shows here. On this show, we know that you probably listen because you like food, you like to eat, or you like to cook, or you like to read about food. And this is a little bit different, and we're very interested, I am very interested in a book that tells me uh, to be mindful in all areas of my life so that I'm actually living my life. It's a way of jacking up the pleasure of what I'm having, the idea that I can have a little of everything, 
and to say to me, it is normal to eat emotionally. Why wouldn't we do that? But those two things don't have to be linked together in a crazy way. You're going to hear how that works when we come back from this break with Dr. Chris Teller guiding us along the way in mindful eating. So if you would like us to send this book with our thanks to you or you want to pass it on to someone you know, Uh, Because you love to eat, drink, and be merry, here is the uh, toll-free number for a contribution of $8 a month, 1-800-584-2788, or you can pledge online at wnpr.org. Where else can you get programming like this? Only at WNPR can you get shows like the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze Party, Where We Live, The Colin McEnroe Show, and they're all different. But they all bring you fascinating conversations, sometimes fun, sometimes serious. You almost always learn something new. I love to learn new things. I've had many listening experiences where I've had to sit in the car because I didn't want to miss a word of the conversation. We call those driveway moments. Uh, I've had lots of them, and I bet you have too. If you have found yourself enjoying any of the programming we work hard to bring you, this is a great opportunity for you to come aboard and help support it. With a pledge of $8 a month, we'll get you this book. Uh, You can come in at any level. We're happy to send you a copy of the book that we're talking about today, The Joy of Half a Cookie. It's our way of saying thank you for listening and thank you for supporting this station. The number to call is 1-800-584-2788. Okay, hope that first bite of the food schmooze felt like a hot biscuit with butter coming your way. Feel free to tell your food-loving friends worldwide they can enjoy the show and our online site at foodschmooze.org. Here's your second bite. Cornbread said, now that's all right. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. I'm Faith Middleton. It is great to have you listening, especially now, because I am excited about this book, The Joy of Half a Cookie. I'm with Chris Busberry of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, a senior contributor here on the show. And Chris and I have been talking about this subject for a long time. It's the key, I think, to healthy eating, maintaining weight, all of that. And pleasure. And pleasure. And that's the difference between this and dieting, right? I think she's already touched on that. And you have too, right? It's the pleasure that you get from doing it slowly and thinking about what you're eating. We, we know you're piling into the show every 15 minutes or so. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Dr. Jean Christeller, who's psychology professor emeritus, creator of the NIH-funded Mindful Eating Awareness Program, author of the book, The Joy of Half a Cookie. And she's explaining how learning mindful eating, as she explains it in this book, you get to try everything, increase your pleasure, and teach your brain and body to know when to stop. And we will, of course, send this book to you. We're explaining that as we go through the show. So, Dr. Chris Teller, would you do us a favor and talk about the process of that first bite, getting yourself into a state of 
present awareness so that when you are actually eating, especially in the beginning, you're really tasting that food, mm. that pleasure thing goes up. Mm-hmm. One of the tools to use, if you will, is tuning in to begin, realizing you can sit, remove some of the distractions around you. Um, I won't say you can use this socially when you get comfortable with it, when you get familiar with it, but to start trying to be by yourself. And before you actually take that first bite, choose to do this with foods that are calling you, that you actually want. And that may seem obvious, but a lot of mindless eating is just about grabbing that first thing in front of you out of your cupboard or out of the refrigerator and not tuning in for a moment as to what is calling me right now. And then having it in front of you, possibly having several different foods in front of you. So then not only you can are choosing things you generally want, but in the moment, which do you want now? And tuning in, taking a moment, taking a couple of deeper breaths, tuning into your breath. The breath, actually doing that deeper breath, does create a physiological relaxation effect. But what it also does is it shifts your awareness to something that is non-conceptual, that is just neutral. And so you're taking your mind into a little bit different place. And and I think you can presume I mean turning off the radios and turning off the TV or whatever else. And then taking a look at your plate, either if there's several foods on there, you choose that one that right now is calling you. And this is a wonderful way to cultivate what I also call your inner gourmet. So you go to that, you take a bite, you notice it, you appreciate it. What is this food about? Who were the hands that created it? It may have been yours, but the ingredients came from elsewhere generally these days. Appreciating that for a moment. And then perhaps smelling it a bit, because that will also get those wheels turning in your mind, in your brain, as to um, experiencing the flavor. Um, Then putting it in your mouth and experiencing the texture of it. Experience maybe for a moment before you actually start chewing it. And then keeping it in your mouth as long as is reasonable, I'm not going to go to counting the bites because that takes your mind away. Mm-hmm. But not doing that automatic swallowing, which we often do before we've actually savored the food fully. I draw a parallel here with wine tasting that you're not gulping down even a good wine, you're not gulping it down, you're savoring it in your mouth. And then making a choice, making a decision to swallow it. And waiting for a moment, and taking the next bite. And I do, if you're practicing this, stay with the same food for three, four, five bites, noticing if your experience of pleasure, taste, has shifted any. In our program and in the book, we use this idea of a taste meter, where 10 would be as absolutely extraordinarily incredibly flavorful and delicious as possible, and one is yuck. And where it goes to start with is maybe somewhere in the middle. It may hit that 10. 
The second bite might be also about the same place, can go even a little bit higher. After that, you might be surprised to see that little mental meter start to drop down. Don't push it. When it starts to drop down, past that point where maybe not to yuck, probably not if it's a food you really like or want, but down past the middle point perhaps, put your fork down, put your spoon down, take a breath again, and take a breath in between. Don't forget to breathe. Take a breath in between these bites too. That helps keep that mindfulness there. And just take a few moments before you go on to whatever your next choice would be. So in listening to you, you could get this impression that people are sitting around looking pretty bizarre, sitting in restaurants <laughs> or at the table, you know, like, oh, my God. It's not like that. This is a, something where as you learn this, you kind of quickly go through these steps, and it becomes much more automatic. That's what I mean about building a habit. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. It's just a private thing. You're just sitting there. They're tasting your food. And people, you know, people really aren't calling upon us to do that. And so if you start to have this habit, the way you listen to a friend, you're listening to your own body, you're already going to jack up your pleasure and you're going to know when to stop. Yeah, and, and I have a question for Is it your body that really does know when it's had enough? Is that what's going on? Because whenever I do this, I always stop and I don't always finish my full meal. But when I'm not mindful about eating, I can plow through a double portion and not even think about it. It, it goes so fast, I don't even realize I've done it. Absolutely. And when I'm mindful about it, I get to the point where I'm like, wow, I'm not hungry. Uh, is it something in the mind? Is it in your body? It's in the body and it's in the mind. Um, our taste buds, uh, as I keep coming back to, have a direct link up to the brain. And indeed, we can notice when that flavor drops right off. But we have other signals. We have what I call body satiety as our blood sugar slowly starts to rise and some other things change in our body. If we're eating mindfully, we can begin to sense that. It may take a little while. When I'm working with people, I always ask, how do you know when to stop eating? And you can imagine the two answers I get. All the food has gone from my plate. <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> and, it's, and it's 20 minutes. And then I'll say, well, you know, you can eat an awful lot in 20 minutes. And yes. everybody goes, oh, yeah, right. Well, there is this bad science out there, which is that it takes 20 minutes for your body to register, that you've had this food and your body is adjusting to it. Um, my husband happens to have type 2 diabetes. If he's going into a sugar crash, you know, where he, he hasn't eaten enough, sometimes you know, in the middle of the night, he has a little stash of power bars and things and cookies. It doesn't take 20 minutes for his body to know he's had ah, something. Huh. It takes about three minutes. That's interesting. So it's a little more powerful for him in his situation. But you can actually start tuning in and realizing, you know, I feel satisfied now rather than still hungry. And there's also that feedback from our stomachs, which, if the food is bulkier, can also be a powerful feedback that you don't want to go past. Well, maybe Thanksgiving dinner and the pie was the absolute favorite in the world and you want to have the second piece. But that sense of fullness, again, I work with a lot of people who 
really do struggle, and they struggle with their weight. And I'll use that same 1 to 10 scale again, where 10 is as full as you can imagine being, like that Thanksgiving dinner, and 1 isn't full at all, and in the middle is 5 or 6. And people are surprised at how quickly they can start tuning into that. Um, I had one woman come back into a group I was running looking a little disappointed at herself, and she was someone who probably weighed about 100 pounds more than she should, and she had admitted that she binge ate several times a week. And she came in and she said, I'm a little disappointed in myself. I meant to eat to a 5 two days ago, and I ate to a 7. And everybody looked at her and went, you've already figured out the difference between a five and a seven. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So it, it's not the time that you're paying attention to. It's actually paying attention to your body. To your body. Our bodies have all kinds of signals in there. Now, is it perfect? No. And part of what has happened with processed food and the food industry is that they've actually really pushed us to eat past those appropriate points of stopping. Yeah, it's engineered that way. Yes. The other thing is that we get that message that it's about quantity rather than quality. Now, I'm speaking to a chef here. I know I think you know that that's not (laughs) the best way to think about it. Um, But that is a message that surprisingly a lot of people have. There's a history to that because for evolutionary reasons, indeed, we couldn't be too picky. We needed to get that food in because if we needed to make it through the winter months or the famine or the, the drought, that our bodies are designed to override those signals. They really are designed to override them psychologically and physically. But we also can stop and tune in and realize that that triple burger and large fries and regular soda is way past what we need (laughs) virtually all the time. This is Dr. Jean Christeller, who is a psychology professor emeritus and uh, also has created the NIH-based funded study about this uh, mindful eating program Um, and has taught and lectured about this all over, and as described in this book, I've read it twice. It has been really helpful to me and to Chris. And uh, we'd love to send it to you with our thanks for supporting this show and everything you enjoy on WNPR, your public radio station. Here is the toll-free number, 1-800-584-2788. And for a contribution of $8 a month, we will send it off to you, Lori Mack. 1-800-584-2788. If it's information you're looking for, if it's engaging conversations, if it's just a little break you're looking for and you'd like to hear something different, Faith has been a sort of beacon, always looking to bring you quality and a little something different. When you call with your pledge of support, you do a couple of things. You help to keep this kind of programming on the air, and you cast your vote to stay connected through this kind of programming. We are constantly asking ourselves, how do we bring you the information you want, the information that you're looking for and have come to trust us to deliver? I was thinking the other day about how I occasionally go down the street here in New Haven and treat myself to a lunch, nothing elaborate, (laughs) just a little sandwich and maybe a bag of chips, and it's usually just right around $8. 
If that sounds like you, ask yourself how much you value what you hear on WNPR. Is it worth the occasional splurge, that once a month $8? Use that $8 Mm -hmm. to help support the programming on WNPR. It's a simple phone call to 1-800-584-2788, or you can go to WNPR.org, click on the red Donate button, and make your pledge there. It's fast. It's simple. 1-800-584-2788. I like that idea, Lori, of um, well-fed in the mind and the body, and because in a way, that's what uh, Dr. Chris Teller is talking about, and that's what we like to do on the show. So it's all coming together. If you would like to go online to make this contribution and order to have us send this book to you and perhaps you want to pass it on to to, uh, other people so that you can learn how to create the habit of mindful eating. It is really quite remarkable. 1-800-584-2788. You can go online, wnpr.org. The number again is 584-2788. 1-800, that is 584-2788. We're constantly bombarded with information all the time, and we try to parse through all that information for you. Faith has been bringing you useful information and interesting conversations for years, and we're happy to continue to do that. It's a privilege, but it's no small task. We get stacks and stacks of cookbooks, countless emails. People drop things off physically at the door, and we get more emails than I can possibly tell you. It takes a lot of time to go through all of that information, and we're happy to do it. We're happy we can bring you deliciously interesting programs like this one. Right now, we're asking you to take some time out of your daily life, take some time out of the show, and we're asking for your support, which enables us to continue bringing you this kind of programming, this kind of information and entertainment. Faith's goal has been and continues to be to bring you the richness of life through her show, and we can continue to do that with your support. If you can afford $8 a month, that will go a long way to helping us reach our goal, and we'll be happy to send you a copy of The Joy of Half a Cookie as a thank you gift. All you have to do is call 1-800-584-2788 and thanks. We have one more mouthwatering bite of the Fuchmoos coming up. Here's something great to know about. Sign up for the app called NPR One. Just download it from the iPhone App Store or your Android device. And once you do, you can set WNPR as your local station. Couldn't be easier. Download the free app NPR One and start listening. Let's party on more Fuchmoos. I'm Faith Middleton with Chris Prosperi of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, senior contributor on our show. As you know, we're talking with Dr. Jean uh, Chris Deller, who has done this book, The Joy of Half a Cookie. So we're going to get back to her because I really want to talk about emotional eating. Uh, whether you do it for good or for bad, you know, to celebrate or feel sad. We're gonna, so, but, but, but first I want to say, this just came into the office, and it is an absolute coincidence. And here's what happened. On email, we learned that um, I think in about a month, the Hartford Mindfulness Center is opening at 645 Farmington Avenue in the west end of Hartford. 
and we'll teach mindfulness meditation and, and Tai Chi and yoga and on and on it goes, but including a course on mindful eating. So uh, we're excited about that. And uh, you can get information online at Hartford Mindfulness Center dot O-R-G. A trend. A trend. <laughs> it's a lifelong thing, and we hope. Um, so. Dr. Chris Diller, I want to, and Chris, I want to say something about the philosophy of this show. We have always felt that it's uh, our job to give permission to people to enjoy without harm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's it. It's as simple as that. We're passionate about food and drink, mm-hmm. and we say, enjoy. Mm-hmm. And we know you're smart enough. To the, to the ability that any of us can be smart enough yes. to, to try to do no harm. And yet we do harm ourselves from time to time. It seems like it's part of the human condition. It's politics. It's corporate food. And so we're trying to find a way to give you that pleasure. That's why I like your book, to give you that pleasure, that permission to enjoy, and at the same time do no harm. Right. Right. And so there's, there's a couple of things here, and I want to, do want to come back to the emotional eating, stress eating, comfort eating. But I also want to say that part of being mindful is this idea of outer wisdom, of tuning in to that calorie load, and also tuning into the foods that are healthier for you, that your body needs. So we do take the philosophy that that's important, but it's more of an more eat more of this eat less of that rather than the you know food as poison mm. and that the, i i do keep on top of the research we are it is evolving it's absolutely valuable what we now know about um the you know trans fats and the effects of um excess amounts of refined sugar but small amounts that evidence isn't really there. And so it's in the proportions that um, make sense and to tune in. And one of the powerful things about the mindful tasting, the mindful eating, is that, and more research definitely needs to be done on that, but it's those foods that are often the most intense, in fact, the sweets, the, um, the rich fats, the salt, that our taste buds are the most sense can be tuned into the easiest, the um, where the sensitization can increase, and so it isn't a struggle to stop at, uh, at here or there. And in fact, it, I, I think I had shared with you, Faith, that I did live in New Haven for a while, um, <laughs> and you were at Yale, yeah, yeah, I was at Yale, and where where I started making this shift was. I had decided that instead of gobbling down these foods at night when I was tired and cranky and maybe stressed, um, which is a very common pattern, you're good all day, and then (laughs) you sort of let it go in the evening, Mm -hmm. I started exploring this. And one of the culminating experiences there, after I had played with it and discovered that if I had some of those foods, we're just talking like from the the snack machine in in the psychology (laughs) department, Um, I didn't want them at night. When I really let myself eat them with being tuned in, with as much pleasure as I could get from that kind of food, I didn't want them at night. And so the fourth day I tried this, and and some of this is in the book, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. 
I decided to go to um, this really upper-end bakery that I would not let myself even walk past. (laughs) (laughs) And I bought an almond croissant, one of my favorites, and I bought a piece of double fudge chocolate cake, brought it back to my office, stopped, ate them. Um, At the time, I wasn't using the word mindfulness, but I was, that's how I did it. And I only wanted half the croissant, and I only wanted a few bites of that chocolate cake. What did that tell you? What that told me, first of all, is I actually uh, could have the rest of them in a couple of more days and save myself some serious money. Um, And the other was that I had actually in just a few days, by tuning in, by noticing something different, I had already re- created an experience with connecting with my taste buds that I had never, never consciously had before. And it only took a few days to do it. When I had that quality of giving myself, coming from a place of permission, Mm self-acceptance, and that small amount of those sweet, rich foods, no big deal. That was fine still. Yeah, see, it's funny. I think we're living in a time of um, where everything is pathologized, I call it. You know, everything is bad. So government is bad. Um, Let let me see. Cookware is poison. (laughs) Food is poison. Water is poison. Uh, The world is in chaos. Business is untrustworthy. Medicine is poison. Even parents are bad, you know, in general. So... I, I think, wow, I don't know to what, it, you know, who's to blame for the, for this new pathology of living that we, we seem to be in. Yeah. But it certainly doesn't reflect uh, the reality, the good, people's humanity. Oh. And we can get into this with food and all that stuff, too. It's not that there aren't troubles, but wow. Yes. You know, so yeah. so that's why we're into giving permission to enjoy without doing harm. And um, so can we switch over to emotional eating? Yes. Now, I, yes. I am someone, I don't know a single person who doesn't eat emotionally. <sighs> I, no, Both I really up. don't. Yeah. I don't know a single person. I we I don't. I cannot name a person that I know who hasn't eaten from either joy mm-hmm. to celebrate something or or drank or um, from absolute sadness or anxiety, yeah, stress. Right. So I mean, yeah. this is just part of the human condition. But how do we get around that? Yeah. How do you switch from eating stressfully and depressed, or even joy to to eating in or lonely? Yeah. Or lonely yeah. and or eat and just eating like you said in that. Oh, I'm just going to have a couple pieces of this and or enjoy I, them. Or I watch TV and therefore it is time for me to snack. Well, that's you let's hold that. Okay. One. That's a different habit. But the eating for more stress. And eating for celebration, every culture in the world eats for celebration. Um, Actually, um, I had a friend who went to Malawi and came back and said, they don't eat for celebration there. (laughs) Oh, Maybe somebody from Malawi will hear this and say, oh, yes, we do. But (laughs) But anyway, the point is that we all eat for celebration. That is natural. That is normal. It's the overeating that becomes the issue. And the same with stress. Actually, a good number of people are uh, almost half the people, again, studies vary on this, actually are not really stress eaters. They want to eat less when they're stressed. But I know I'm not part of that either. Mm -hmm. 
But if you're in that group that wants to go to food when you're stressed, again, that one of the actually the first research I did on this when I was still at Yale with one of my mentors, Judy Roden, um, mm-hmm. was looking at how people varied on this. And what we discovered was that there was actually a good number of individuals. We were looking at Yale undergraduates, not the most representative group of people in the <laughs> country, but what we found was a lot of variation. And we found that about half of the group acknowledged that they did eat when they were more stressed. They did eat if they'd had something negative happen. They did, when they went to a party, head to the food table. But about half of those, I have to say it was mostly the men, didn't have any issues with it. Basically, they did that, they got some comfort from it, and then they stopped. And what we were finding is so many of the women were so caught up in this good food, bad food, that anxiety, Mm -hmm. that restriction, that I can't eat this even if it will bring me comfort, even if I want it. And part of what happens is then as soon as you have it, often, not for everybody, some people do manage to get that comfort from it, as soon as they have it, then they go into panic. They go into guilt state. They're not even getting that comfort from it. And they then fall into what I call the I've blown it pattern. Well, I wasn't going to have that cookie. I wasn't going to have any cake. I wasn't going to have whatever. But I've blown it, so I'm hopeless, and I might as well just keep on going. Finish the pint of ice cream. I wasn't going to have any. I should just finish it. I'm already in. I might as well go all the way. (laughs) And, and yeah. there's, there's you know al- what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also um, the way food is engineered now, I almost think that there is like a drug effect where once my sugar thing gets going, it is very hard like to, to stop, to, to have, you know, it, it does require will. Well, you know? let me speak to that because part of that is an aspect of the restriction that, again, I haven't had any sugar for a week, and now I've had some. Yes, indeed, you're going to kick in a, oh, my God, this is good. I'm going to keep on going. Truth be told, um, as you get more practiced with this and you do what I call awakening your inner gourmet or connecting with it, those foods actually don't taste very good. Um, I have a hard time eating most processed foods. And Definitely, yes, I will go to some, and I, I'm with it more in the emphasis on the manufactured baked goods. I'll go to them on occasion. I'll simply have that I'm actually hungry, and that's what's available at a reception or, or wherever. But believe me, a few bites, and I'm going, all I can taste here is the, mm-hmm. you know, chemicals. The chemicals and yeah. this. And this is, and the quality of chocolate, oh, my God, is this really chocolate? It looks like chocolate. It even may smell like chocolate, but it doesn't really taste like chocolate. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that is that is really true. Um, I remember um, not having sugar for a long time and then tasting a mint, mm-hmm. and I spit it out because I thought, what in the world is that? You know, it was so startling to me, so... Um, uh, it's it's interesting w- when you do take a break from a particular food, and y- what that mint did was wake me up. 
I was woken up to the real flavor experience of it. Which was that it wasn't all that. It wasn't that good. No, it wasn't. And I, you know, it was it was startling and, and an interesting learning experience. So, um, Jean, the other day we we have to we have to run, but the other day, Chris, I had had. I'm trying to eat many more vegetables. I'm realizing I'm not having enough, and so. I'm really trying to taste them and play with mm-hmm. them with spices, and I'm having a good time. Mm-hmm. And had a very light dinner as a consequence. And I woke up in the morning, and I had just read your book, Jean, and I thought to myself, "What is that feeling?" And I realized I'm hungry. <laughs> you know, and I thought, oh, <laughs> I haven't felt like. hungry, <laughs> and yeah. I well, was it years? I mean, what? It was startling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, I was hungry. Oh, well, anyway, thank you so much for writing this book and for your work and for teaching what you teach in terms of mindful eating. It has been, as you know, I've read it twice, and it's just really such a contribution. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, and thank you so much for inviting me to join you. I'm very honored, and uh, like I said, thank I have you. heard your show, even though I don't live in the area anymore, and it's, thank it's you. great. Oh, my goodness, thank you. So <laughs> we're, we're, I'm your fan, too. Jean Christeller, uh, Professor Emeritus in Psychology and author of The Joy of Half a Cookie about Mindful Eating. Thank you, Chris Brusberry. Lori Mack, we, as you know, we're about to tell you how to have this book sent to you. Perhaps you want it, pass it on to someone that you care about. It is terrific. And uh, the toll-free number, if you can join us at a contribution of, excuse me, $8 a month is one 800 There are a lot of people who've been listening to the Faith Middleton show for a very long time. I hear that constantly. People will say, I love Faith. I love the show. I've been listening for years. They talk about guests they've heard and enjoyed. If you've been a longtime listener, I wonder if you can remember how you found her. The important thing is that you went from discovery to wanting more, and now you're a regular listener. The reason you listen to WNPR and the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze is the same reason you should make a financial contribution today. We wouldn't be here for you to discover without the financial support of listeners like you. That's why your financial contribution matters. We would so appreciate it if you could make that call now to 1-800-584-2788. You can go online to WNPR.org. It's as simple as turning on your radio. $8 a month will get you the joy of half a cookie, the book that Faith's been talking about today. It's our way of saying thank you for your support. 1-800-584-2788. Now, um, talk about a driveway moment. I was uh, in the car yesterday, and I heard my uh, partner in crime here, Lori Mack, who's a reporter here now, doing a a report on the man at UConn who is, is working on a vaccine to the Zika virus that has has caused the brain damage in these children around the world. So heartbreaking. And he and those students are working so hard. That is the kind of thing that we all come to public radio to hear. So, Lori, thank you for your work. And to everybody else here at the station, I admire them so, so much. I'm proud, proud to work here. Um, We would love to send you this book as our thanks to you in the hope that it will be as useful to you as it has been to me. I've read it a couple of times. And I'm, uh, I feel like the pleasure of my eating has increased, and I'm starting to be able to say, mm, I think maybe I'll stop right here. And that is quite the miracle. Uh, toll free, 1 800 584 2788. Call us at that toll free number, and we will send that book to you with our thanks for a contribution of $8 a month.
We're on WNPR Thursdays at 3, Saturdays at noon, and join the conversation with us. We're always up for a good time online at fujmoos.org. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton, and thanks. This is the place to enjoy the richness of life. Sharing our local and national discoveries with you makes me want to get up in the morning. The gang and I hope you'll come back soon and often.